So I'd like to welcome you to the Woman is Born Free podcast. This podcast is based on the idea that every woman has a unique gift and value to give to this world, but she can only do it if she's physically, spiritually, mentally and emotionally free. So on this episode, I'm really lucky to be joined by Saoirse Fitzgerald. I think Saoirse's story is something a lot of people and women, including myself, would definitely relate to. Um, She had a successful career in auditing and did that for seven years and then had something like I said I've experienced I know when I speak to people a lot of people I mean more frequently kind of having this she experienced burnout and this led her to be very interested in the body mind connection and she did correct me if I'm wrong Sisha a master's in psychology a long time job, and she now is a somatic and breathwork facilitator and healer helping other people connect more with their body so, Sisha, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, Thank you of, for having me. You're, you're very welcome. I kind of wanted to start with your story on that. And, you know, I think the thing is, because we talk about, I think, in the corporate and business world, you know, we talk about burnout and it is a, a name now that I think most of us sort of know what it is. But it's also, I mean, what did that actually look like to you? So, for me, burnout was was coming up in my body for about a year before it fully emerged um which looked like a lot of uh, skin diseases coming like so I had really severe eczema um I was getting breaking out in rashes quite a lot uh which kind of were almost like stress rashes because there was nothing really to correlate with them I wasn't allergic to anything and I was probably ignoring them I would say for maybe six months beforehand I was working quite a hectic time period doing like busy seasons and then burnout eventually looked like my body started to shut down so what can happen is even if you don't necessarily previously have an autoimmune disorder your body can still start to attack itself um so for me it looked like my blood vessels started to attack one another which then looked like a rash breaking out in my entire body from head to toe um and I was hospitalized for about a week and the thing that came out of it was that there's not necessarily an explanation other than my nervous system had had enough stress and was then therefore starting to attack itself wow and I think with that I mean what I this you know my idea my experience of burnout different is I think when we think of burnout often it's we think about kind of mental burnout and kind of you know things around Mm -hmm. that and it's so interesting for me to for you to be saying like I actually you know you have physical symptoms like and, you know, seriously, like you were hospitalized, like you said, like, was there? Yeah, like the, the, you the interesting thing is um, in terms of mental burnout, I would have told you I was completely fine because wow. I was so used to working quite hectic hours, doing a lot. I'm, I've always been someone that's quite proactive. So taking on more tasks kind of just never really phased me in a way. Uh, you know if there was a new project in work I'd be like oh yeah I can do that too <laughs> yes, uh, yes. rather than actually thinking do I have the bandwidth for this in terms of yeah mentally physically spiritually but so yeah if you had asked me um, probably a week beforehand I would have said no I think I'm completely fine I have a lot going on but I can handle it I'm very good at multitasking <laughs> so do you think the symptoms had to be physical for you to almost take it seriously yeah, I think so. I think I almost needed my body to just say no enough now um, because I think my mind would have just kept going because uh, it was so normalised, say, within my mind to be like, oh, no, busy is busy is acceptable. Or this is I don't think I even would have thought I was extremely busy. I would have just said oh well it's just it's always like this at this time of year but you know I'll have a I'll have a bit of a respite in a few months yeah and it's especially like our whole you know we do like depending on industry and things like that but generally I think culturally it's like we do seem (laughs) like being really busy and stuff like that is normal um yeah and almost like I you get validation from it sometimes 
And I was definitely someone that w- was was taking a lot of validation because of the fact that I was quote unquote like good at handling a lot of pressure and you know it's not like my social life kind of fell in terms of work like I was traveling loads I was running marathons I was training for a triathlon I I never in every aspect of my life it was go 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 um and so then therefore I was kind of congratulated on that a lot being like oh you can you can do Mm. so much you never you never let work take over you you still do this this and this and then therefore the validation would kind of feed my ego a bit and I would continue to do it without ever taking into account of is this actually normal am I am I doing too much it's so interesting like a big theme for me the last few years or so it's internal validation versus external validation um you know that internal this feels good in my body versus the external oh loads of people gave me you know cheered me on and I got told well done and I think it's you know can you and and obviously only reveal what you want to reveal but can you kind of trace this back to anything like when you're a child or you know anything because I think like where it's kind of like that feeling of success sort of like where did that come from of success sort of being that external clap yeah and like it it, it definitely feeds into how I even became an auditor in the first place I went I grew up in a small kind of village um in the outskirts of Dublin um and I'm I'm very lucky and very grateful that I've always kind of excelled academically mm. um but then kind of twisted that as you do when you're a child and your brain isn't fully developed into a way of people like me more when I perform better um mm. so I was always pushing myself to be good at external sports be good at um excel academically um even in terms of I didn't want to do accounting like as in university I wanted to do I was really good at English studies and history and I was obsessed with kind of learning about people and culture but because it was like a rarity to be so good at maths accounting Mm. business in (laughs) secondary school I was told oh my god look at you you're amazing you need to go do this you're gonna earn loads of money um which again you know (laughs) from a small town it's like look at you you have this skill you have to use it versus I had no desire whatsoever I I hated it I did I remember (laughs) even sitting my leaving cert which is um our version of A-levels and I was doing accounting and I hated it so much I sneakily didn't study for it whatsoever hoping that I would underperform and then therefore I could do what I really wanted to do and then really annoyingly I got an A anyway and I was like it was like I couldn't find a way to get rid of it uh, which the way was to just be honest but yeah when you're 18 it's and you're everything kind of is coming from external validation it's it's quite difficult so yeah then I fell into doing um, accounting modules in university which led to me being offered an internship which then led to me being offered an auditing contract in London <laughs> which you sound thrilled about in your voice <laughs> oh my god yeah I remember googling in my first week like how do you get out of a contract <laughs> oh honestly it's, it's so funny because when you were saying all of that I was like yes 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 and even what I find so fascinating um is because I had some I loved like philosophy I loved English literature uh, which I did study thankfully but I also loved like art and drama and things like that and I went to a grammar school so in the UK, it was very academic. And I remember mm. at GCSE, I was like, I want to do art and drama. And they said, you can't do two DOS subjects. And they uh. were like, they really pushed STEM subjects. And I know this is all part, but it's, you know, they really pushed like, you know, mathematics and things like that. And I was similar where it's like, yeah, like I could get my head round maths, but it yeah. didn't feel good. Like it didn't feel good. I wasn't like turned on by maths. Do you know what I mean? I was kind of like, this feels, mm. I feel very stri- tight in my head when I do maths. Um, yeah. 
And it was, interestingly, yeah. my 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 mom had a, like this a same like a similar experience when she went to. She's a amazing at art, um, yeah. but she was told oh, <laughs> in her generation the only two jobs that you could do were nurse or teacher if you're a woman and the mm. nuns in her school were like well what's the point in doing art that won't help you be a nurse or a teacher <laughs> um, so then she was like yeah that makes uh, sense at the time and so she picked she picked um biology and I think then she the way she kind of approached me and my sister was it was quite similar ways because again you just learn something and that conditioning kind of just keeps feeding down until until someone goes actually no wait a minute I really hate this <laughs> it's, it's so interesting because also as well I think like the narrative around burnout is sort of like I had this complete breakdown or burnout and then suddenly I was a completely different person and I took up art or sewing or something like that but actually like from your story like you kind of knew what you were interested in before any of this happened you know back at school and back when you're going to university it's like you knew what you liked. It wasn't like you had this um, burnout and then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm interested in people. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's like it was the seeds were there. Yeah, exactly. So it, and I think that's I think that's sometimes what happens is that you, it's so difficult to, to listen to that voice when mm. you're 18 and... <laughs> I, I I do think it depends obviously on, on like social and like family circumstances you know like I said like my my mom had the same conditioning in her so mm. she for true no fault of her own she just wouldn't have seen life that way yeah. um so I do think it obviously depends but I, I think at 18 it's very hard to just be like no I'm going I'm 100%. going off to do what I want to do um, because psychology in, in Ireland at that time was just, you know, like it was still taught mm. of in terms of like, oh, you become a psychiatric and yeah, you work in a in, in a psychiatric ward, like rather than thinking of it as a holistic kind of form of like actually what what does a psychologist actually do, which is study the human mind and behavior, um, which is emotional but, as well. It's not just. <laughs> we're not always just logical. yeah yeah exactly it can mean many many different things um but yeah so it's just I think I think my journey involves always coming back to who maybe I was always meant to be mm. but I needed the experience first of being somebody who I wasn't um to try and to allow that to break free I guess and on that I think I learned best yeah. sometimes at rock bottom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and on that, because I think, you know, and we will talk later, like your learnings from it and, you know, how feeling in your body now. But do you remember, like, when you were making these decisions, like study accountancy and, you know, do these things that we're told, you know, do that because you're going to earn good money? Like, do you remember what these decisions like felt like in your body? Like, do you remember, you know, do you, I mean, I'm sure probably it sounds like from what you said at that time in your life, you weren't asking yourself how your body, your body felt. <laughs> but do you remember, like, when you made these decisions, like how that felt? Well, I do. I do remember one thing in terms of um, I developed IBS at, around a similar oh, yeah. time. So I think my body is, is telling me for a long time. It's no. Like so loud. <laughs> and I was just like, Shh, I can't hear you. Um, so maybe I wasn't recognizing it in terms of what it was trying to say. But like I very, very early on, my body was always like, no that's not for you um and similarly then when I when like when I was kind of getting to the stage so like with auditing you, you do a, a three-year contract as you're training mm. to become chartered and then you then get promoted and you move on and I remember in each promotion I would be sitting in the room with like a stabbing pain in my stomach <laughs> And I, I used to laugh. pretend to myself, oh, it's just nerves because I don't know what I'm going to be offered. And I'm like, it was not nerves because I didn't know what I was going to be offered. It was nerves because the, the offer was meant to be me saying, no, I must leave now. It, it, the thing is, and you know, the like the pay gets higher and it's like... Oh, think, it's very yeah. difficult, yeah. It's almost yeah, harder. I think, yeah, the more you have, it's harder to change course, I think. Yeah, and especially with careers like auditing, like it's it's a very clear kind of ladder mm. that you follow, you know, 
Um, you know exactly when you're moving up, you know exactly what the next steps are, you know when to kind of switch companies because you know how to jump the pay rise system then. Mm. It's it's all very clear cut in a way. So it's very easy to just coast through it because yeah, like you, you if you work the system, you know you know when pay rises are coming in, you know how that will help you do certain things. Uh, career breaks like in terms of taking like small sabbaticals to go traveling are are normalized (laughs) um but yeah so when did you sorry go it's like when did you because hearing all of this and like again like relate so much and you know when you had this so you said earlier you were hospitalized for a week and you had this kind of that's I mean I, I say rock bottom you can correct me and say it wasn't rock bottom but like was there a, a, a moment where you were like, I need to change or you had this kind of like insight or was that like over time? I mean, what when did the change happen? Yeah, the change happened like right after it. So like I quit my job the week wow. later. Um, I think I, I think I knew straight away. I, I was. I had I had um, flown to I'd taken a contract in Sydney um, and I was in it for about, I think, eight months at that stage and you know I was kind of like oh maybe I hate I hate my job because I'm in London and it's been the same (laughs) all the time I'll go to Sydney and it'll be all it'll be completely better and it's a nice little plaster and it was just as bad because I still disliked the role I was annoyingly good at the role um (laughs) and I think that's the other thing because I, I constantly used to seek external validation I would I would still be trying really hard to get that validation. So I would be, you know, I was quite good at my job. I was quite good at making contacts. I was quite good at networking. I wasn't really, say, you know, a miserable employee who hated their job and you could tell that they hated Mm. their job. On all fronts, I looked like I was having a great time. Um, And then it was like a week a week after I was hospitalized, I just was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I hate it. And mm. so I quit then and there. And then I... Was this um, the second job? Well, not the second, but the, so this was a new job you quit? Yeah. So I was eight months into that job at that time and I quit. Mm. Um, And then and then I was like, oh, I'll, I started applying for university then for that September. And that was for psychology. Yeah. And so I I did actually take another accounting related job while Mm. I was doing um, my master's just because um, if you're Irish studying in England, you have to pay upright and think, you know, it's not feasible to say not work, but it was felt more on my terms, I guess. On this, because I mean, I've spoken to people, obviously, no names mentioned, but I've spoken to quite a few women who maybe they're getting signs. They're like, I, this job, this career, whatever it is, it's not right for me. And they're getting clear physical signs. They might be getting mental signs. And they're like, you know, it's either they literally can't work because these symptoms are so bad, or, you know, they're aware of it and they're aware something needs to change. But then they don't actually know what they're meant to do. Because I think, I mean, I had this even myself where, it takes, you know, I had to do, I did like drama lessons and stuff just to reconnect with myself. Cause when I quit my job when I was like 21 or 22, I can't remember and burn out, I didn't know what I even enjoyed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what my favorite yeah. food was. Like, did you, did you have to, like, did you just know you want to do psychology or did you kind of have to discover that? Like, how did that decision come about? I knew I wanted to do psychology, but I say I wasn't sure on like, because obviously that is quite a broad term, so but I wasn't sure on what branch I wanted to do. Um, yeah. So that kind of came true more me than doing loads of may, like smaller courses, going to a lot of talks um, mm. around the UK on like, yeah, different workshops, um, even just things like having more time to listen to podcasts and things mm. and trying to figure out like what, what, what do I believe in and like what, what way do I want this to look and even that like that is constantly changing like Mm. um which but because if you make the first change which is the scariest change actually all the 
more smaller fluid changes within that um, overall kind of new career doesn't feel as stressful. It actually feels probably like freedom because you now see, oh, I can actually flow a bit and like figure this out as I go along. Um, But I do think, I do think maybe, so say like that job I quit in the initial instance, that would never have given me the time space or freedom to to make all those changes and to figure that out so I think in the first instance sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be like quitting your job if you feel Mm. like that job you know that you can kind of like tailor things to make sure that you do have um freedom to find what fulfills you and like what lights you up because sometimes what lights you up doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be your career it can just be that it's a hobby or it's volunteering or something um but you need you need the space to do that and if you're in a job that doesn't allow for any other space other than all-encompassing burnout it's never going to happen that way do you feel because what you struck me when you're telling like this story that really struck out because it sounded like you know when we're talking at the beginning it was like almost like you used to suffer in you're like well this is how like you know you hadn't even you're like this is mm. like I'm used to doing things I don't enjoy and you know and, and we do to be fair like as I think things are getting better but you know our whole idea of I just watched like um have you seen the pursuit, pursuit of happiness with Will Smith I'm well behind. oh yeah yeah I watched that the other day and um you know our whole idea of success is like there's all these things like if it doesn't hurt you know well, I can't think of the phrases right now but like we very much even like especially yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the time we grew up it was very like no pain no gain like mm. you know things don't come easy and all this stuff and um, but it really struck me that you actually like for you make a decision you're like no I'm quitting my job like I'm yeah. saying no well, like, that's the change really yeah like well the interesting thing about like cortisol and that like stress Mm. hormone is that like it's addictive so if if you're so used to stress and and suffering in a way um Mm. it's addictive and it won't really feel like you're not happy because you are getting a little dopamine hit from it um so you can kind of almost trick yourself into thinking this level of just being content in life is happy where actually mm. you need to almost allow I needed to allow that rock bottom state and just feeling completely miserable and being like oh what have I done into my life to allow myself to then find true happiness and actually that level of elation that makes me feel like oh my god this is what I'm meant to do and and it's not to say it's, it's all easy like there's times mm. where I'm like where you you are kind of like because I care a lot more say about this career um you know you get stressed yeah I'm self-employed so I I worry about things but it's it's a different kind of it kind of sits all under the branch of trust like I don't it's not that same level of just being stressed every single day but without realizing I'm stressed And I think on that, because one thing, you know, I'm interested to hear as well is because, you know, when you're burn out, you're burning out and you're tired. I mean, you did this, was it a master's in psychology, right? In, yeah. Alongside a full-time job, is that right? In the first, the so I think, and this probably shows how I kind of became better at recognizing symptoms in my body. In the first year and a half, so I did my master's took two and a half years Mm. Um, and in the first year and a half I worked full-time and towards the second part of those 18 months I kind of started recognizing of like burnout symptoms of just being tired not having enough time for me um, not having enough time for like my own practices that keep me grounded and so then I chose to start looking for part-time roles quite quickly yeah and it's in I mean did that feel because obviously like that first year like studying for you know a very serious kind of qualification and also working full-time like does sound like a lot um but, but did it help at all knowing you were working towards something yeah it definitely did and also allowed me to prioritize things a lot more um like the job I was working for like technically the end of day was five and I stuck to five and I left every day at five. Um, 
and then I pushed for work from home um and like things like that like I was much more organized that like I I was not seeking any external validation from them I guess it kind of flipped over and it was internal and it was looking at like oh what what do I need and what do I want in life and so then my priorities kind of changed that way too do you think because I'm always interested in because I think I mean I've done it for as part of like leave a job and not have a job to go to obviously I'm uh, you know young younger than it's like there's a I, what, I don't know if you remember that video it's that it was the one with the song where it's like I could be the one to make you feel this way and it's like I remember in the video I remember the video really clearly because this person's in an office job and then they're just like nope I'm not doing it anymore and they quit and they go off and they go to desert island and it's all they're just dancing oh, and killing yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what the video I can't remember the name of the song but I remember it was like, I could be the one and you know I think that's a bit of like a modern day fairy tale of like you just walk in you know people walk in and they quit and then they go off and it's like you know like it's, I guess it's a kind of change called like the plunge like you just change but this kind of next level of change that you've described like studying like you know it's much more kind of almost like a process rather than a, like yeah. a leap. do you think it's yeah, is it one I, better than the other or what do you think on that I think I think it depends on who you are and it also depends obviously on financial circumstances yeah. money money <laughs> yeah (laughs) but I'm not somebody that can just jump off cliffs I need a ladder Mm -hmm. down the cliff and I and there's I feel like there's sometimes shame in society of like oh you just need to to go for it where it's actually that doesn't suit my body like my my, mm-hmm. I mean I've explained a few times in terms of my body shows up straight away when it thinks I've I've gone too far and I'm I'm stressed <laughs> and, and I think one of the greatest things if you are kind of thinking about making changes like how how can you do it in such a way that it feels safe for you because that's why that's why generally we don't make the changes because and whether it's career, relationship, anything, it's because we can't figure out how to do it and feel safe. And yeah. you you are going to push the comfort zone. So there there is moments that you'll feel a little bit unsafe. But like for me anyway, to do it in a staggered way of being like, okay, I'll still work, but I'll, I'm going to start studying. And then, okay, working full time mm-hmm. isn't working for me. So I'm going to go part time. Um, and then I and then like I started dropping days and you know that kind of way works mm-hmm. for me because I see my my path I see where I'm going but I'm not waking up every morning thinking about oh well how will I pay rent and like mm-hmm. how will I go on holidays and stuff like I can kind of keep my life to a level of safety always but knowing that mm-hmm. I'm pushing my comfort zone a little bit each time and that's, I think that's yeah an important thing that's maybe not spoken about enough is that you don't need to be a cliff jumper you can be a mm. like a cliff ladder <laughs> it's just there's no right or wrong way like the only the only thing you need to be thinking about is like if you stay on top of the cliff are you choosing high stress and not fulfilling who you want to be but getting down off the cliff you know choose a way that feels good to you it doesn't have to look the exact way as everybody else I love that and I think it's you know women listen like how because we get a lot you know in the self-development world as well there's a lot of like you have to overcome your fears and you have to overcome this and you know how can you know whether it's like you know if someone's like I know this career is not right for me and they're like I know that and you know maybe they're like half of them is kind of saying I need to be brave and quit and then the other half is like you know I don't feel safe like how can how can I almost find out whether the fear is like a valid fear or whether the fear is like you know protective fear that's stopping you from progressing Mm. it's interesting because the thing is like all all fears are valid in in a certain way Mm. in terms of like their feelings in the bot like that you are experiencing and like I think it's important never to deny your reality and so like it is valid in this in a certain way but it doesn't mean that it's the only reality that needs to experience that 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 needs to occur at that time so I think that's the important thing of being like okay I feel I feel scared right now but 
and then questioning it is like okay but am I feeling scared because there's a protective mechanism kicking off that's trying to tell me to self-sabotage and go backwards or can I just see this fear and see it as healthy fear and then Mm -hmm. just how do I move forward a little bit because um even in terms of of stress like not all stress is bad like you Mm. stress is kind of known in psychology terms as motivational stress it's like um it's used a lot in like sports studies where um a sprinter right before doing a 200 meter race will psych themselves up with a little bit of stress Mm. and they'll use that stress to push themselves further and it's obviously a balance don't be inviting in constant stress into your life but just seeing that like it's okay to feel scared and it's okay to feel stressed and changing career is a huge pivotal moment in our life like it's those are valid feelings to have but just recognizing that sometimes they're just trying to protect you and maybe you need a little bit of nervous system space to try and like Mm. lessen them down so that they're not controlling you but they will always be maybe there and present when you are making changes but it's just how you deal with them I find that really interesting and you know that focusing a lot on like the body and things like that I mean slightly kind of same subject slightly different I mean you did a traditional qualification in psychology right at a university and I know you know when I introduced it again it's somatic and breath work is healer or facilitator sorry I said facilitator is that the right word yeah it's like a practitioner practitioner um obviously like you know I've done breath work in the last maybe one or two years and familiar with breath work and somatic healing and things like that but generally I mean this stuff's still quite new really um and you know definitely like the time when I was growing up like knew what psychology was but we would speak a lot about like mental health and then we would talk about physical health but like me growing up like the two were presented very separately it's like this is mental yeah. health this is which is insane because obviously like your head is connected to your body and if it's not then you really do have problems but it's like <laughs> it's you know that's like when did you you obviously were doing this quite traditional qualification in psychology when did when were you like I need to you know look at somatic and breath work and you can explain what they are because maybe not everyone will actually know what that means yeah um so being a somatic and breathwork practitioner, ultimately what it's what it is is nervous system healing work. Mm. Um, so it's thinking of that mind-body connection always and kind of introducing more practical practices to change how your nervous system is responding to certain situations. Um, so versus traditional uh psychotherapy talking therapies would Mm. be more kind of mind-based um which you know are wonderful great tools um using breath work and somatics it's it's more body-based um and so kind of what led me to them in the first instance was I guess my own journey um you know I was breaking out in all those skin conditions Mm. and IBS um my nervous system itself was very dysregulated um I even was reacting to situations kind of like from that similar response of like just learned fear versus um fear that I was kind of being able to see and then regulate downwards and then being able to like make a new choice so and I think that's the kind of way to think of it constantly it's like our body our nervous system will react to situations constantly that's how we need to survive in this life Mm. we get stimuli and then we react but a nervous system that's dysregulated will have the same high level reaction of a stress response even if you know your mind is like oh this isn't as scary I've done this already Mm -hmm. your body can't comprehend that and it's going to have the same reaction because it's like okay but I found this fearful before so this is obviously what I need to do, release all cortisol and then and then you end up with a skin condition. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's it was kind of, I guess, my own personal experience led me to it. And then I was doing um, 
to become a somatic practitioner you have to do a 300 hour training certificate and then I was doing various breath work um, certificates learning about kind of that mind-body connection how you can kind of change your breath and how that in turn changes your entire nervous system mm. um, and then was kind of mix mixing them in almost to my say traditional studies like I was quite lucky in mm. terms of I studied with Glasgow and they're very much into um, learning about psychology under that it's called a biopsychosocial model where you're kind of looking more from terms of how biology, psychology and then the social world interlink um, and how it's kind of maybe that model of looking at them separately doesn't work anymore. It's really interesting because I think, you know, when you say all this, I'm like, that really makes sense. And like my kind of journey with empowerment was a lot around public speaking and what I find really interesting with this, like I always say to people and, you know, in my role as a journalist and things like that, I go to lots of conferences and, you know, you could be in a room and there could be like 500 people in the audience. And then the person speaking is like, are there any questions from the audience? And I can guarantee, say out of 500 people, there will only be like 20 people in the room who would raise their hand um, and mm. ask a question. And and I find like a lot of that because it's almost like, your body it's like you're like I'm not the sort of person that asks asks a question and it's like because you're scared of it and it is scary um but it's like your body almost shuts down the possibility and I think like yeah public, yeah like public speaking is an interesting one because I always say to people like I've tried stand-up comedy and stuff like that and it's te- like people are like oh my god that's terrifying and I was terrified but there's no physical risk unless you're really bad at comedy but generally like <laughs> there's, there's no physical risk to public speaking but most of us, it's a very real, like I used to do coaching in public speaking. It's like people get sweaty palms, like they shake, you get heart palpitations, um, you can feel faint. It's like a very physical response, but there's no physical threat. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about the nervous system is that it it will it will react with that physical response because it sees itself under trash and it mm. doesn't n- like the threat is more like oh I could be I guess judged Mm -hmm. um or I might look stupid um and then therefore that that level of threat then starts to kick off with different body reactions which make it seem that like oh and you need to run away like you know like Mm -hmm. we've all seen like animal documentaries where you you see yeah the zebra suddenly realizes there's a line and first it freezes it looks and then it runs and our bodies do the exact same thing um it's just maybe we don't you don't see the running itself but our body is running and then that's why we get the sweaty palms and the heart race and everything and it's interesting what you say about like not putting up your hand because I've had that experience before where my mind is like I have a question I have a question but my my hand feels heavy yeah Uh, and that is that is just a freeze response it's like the nervous system is like no you you cannot feel seen here (laughs) that you might look stupid um and so then the body goes into a freeze and it almost doesn't let you do the movement because you are that zebra that's just noticed there's a line and the line is you standing up and and speaking and I think on that because you know like I said at the beginning of the podcast and I'm very like passionate about equality and things like that is that there's a difference from having people in the room and people feeling safe enough to voice their opinions and ask questions and make you know make themselves known like there's a difference like I could say oh you know I'm a lawyer but if I I'm not a lawyer by the way but if I'm like you know I could be in a powerful position but if I'm showing up and putting a mask on every day and not saying what I think and not asking questions and not being myself you know it's like and if you look at leaders as well like I think to be a leader you have to to an extent like trust your own judgment um Mm. and you know if you're a leader you're having to make decisions where you're dealing with the unknown and you know I think in terms of quality I mean do you I mean you work with um all genders is that correct yeah 
Okay. And, you know, do you, and, you know, also I think it's important to say, I mean, when I did like public speaking coaching and stuff, I uh, taught men as well. And I know it's not a case of it's just women with these issues, I think, because, you know, but do you find like, are there any differences in like fears and blocks that say women face generally? I, I do think I do think there are and I, I think it, it comes down to that thing of of always thinking holistically so like biopsychosocial and if you think of that last aspect social like a, a woman is is generally made to feel unsafe in it in different ways than men mm. so um if I'm working with a man usually his fear is around the expression you are the same feeling. Mm. Whereas with a woman, it's it's the opposite. The fear is, it's almost like she be, becoming used to suppressing certain emotions, um, which then show up in maybe stiffness in the body mm. or actually the high reaction. Like it's kind of like the feeling of why can't I just not? Why can't I stop crying? And like I don't want this. Mm. Um, so it's it's almost like a, a different fear in itself and it's um almost like a man sometimes wants the to feel a little less unseen and then a woman sometimes is just like why can't I feel seen wow that's really interesting to hear like the different like almost social condition do you know what I mean yeah and I think, and then that's it. And like, and obviously, it depends on like who's who's kind of like everyone has kind of different background stories and everything. So mm-hmm. like again, like thinking of like the biopsychosocial, like if if you're a man that maybe has a bit more of a feminine touch in terms of that psychology, mm-hmm. their fears will be different to a man that's maybe their psychology is built around being alpha male um similar thing with a woman if if you don't have high self-esteem mm. it might be different than to the diff- somatic experiences that you'll have if you've had high self-esteem your entire life but you just can't break through that social fear wow that's, that's really interesting I think I'm gonna I think the final questions that I'm gonna do is sort of like around you know what feel you know how people will feel when they're constricted and versus feel being free I'm just interested to know I think because you were you know you've been in the corporate world 10 years how did you feel you know obviously the stuff like breath work and somatic healing it's rapidly on the up but it's still kind of new some people still might see it as a bit woo-woo or hippie or whatever mm-hmm. else it is like you know meditation was perceived as woo-woo as well <laughs> and that first kind of grew popular in the west and um, how did you feel kind of coming back to the corporate world? Or, or, I know you never really left, but how did you feel kind of, you know, did, did you have any judgment around kind of like talking about this kind of stuff in the corporate space? No, not not now. Um, in, that t- in that period of time where I had just started uh, studying and I was working for that full-time job, definitely there. So I, I do think it's, mm. it's culture dependent, I guess. Um they they did not have a culture um towards kind of any level of differentiation um <laughs> so there no but then say the company I I work part time for they are wonderful and like yeah. their their culture is very much one of like show up as you are and even I've mm. um because I I still I still study like I'm going on to do my PhD and a lot of that is in relation to uh culture and how like culture then feeds into um feeling lonely and then that in terms of then the biological effects that that has on people in their nervous system which involved me getting in touch with say senior leaders and a lot of them are from the auditing world and they're actually very open to speaking about it and um kind of really welcomed in the discussion so I think Mm -hmm. it's it's tough one because I do think it's it's so dependent whereas I could tell you probably on the other hand a list of people that I know I would never reach out to because (laughs) you would probably judge me (laughs) um so it's hard I think I think with any of anything like this it's it's very 
yeah it's, it's dependent on so many things both the company and then also like the people themselves um but I think it's just staying true to who you are I think that's the huge difference like even when I go to work I'm, I very much show up as who I am I no longer mask okay. myself as um someone else like I I've loads of tattoos on my arms like I just let okay. it love it <laughs> when someone asks me what I'm doing for the weekend I don't I don't just say oh you know meeting some friends I very much say like oh I think I'm going to go to this talk and I'm going to a retreat about um, (laughs) meditation and so like you know I'm very open and honest about who I am and then I think and that's taken a long time and a lot of self-practice to be able to do that but I think when you are like that you generally you figure out quite quickly who is for you and who is not for you. And I'm quite lucky that the company um, I work for celebrate who you are versus uh, who they, who the finance world wants you to be. I love that. And I want to end on the positive version of this, but what are, you know, someone listening and you mentioned, you know, irritable bowel syndrome and then also the kind of skin you know issues around that. I know for me, burnout, um, and restriction was very much more like in my head as in physically you know, I got headaches like my vision even went blurry at points mm. um you know it was very much like a kind of press it was like my head was constricted I remember that you know that feeling like it's almost like people like pushing into my head and just you know really uncomfortable constrained feeling um you know what are some signs for people listening like what are some signs that you you know your nervous system might be dysregulated yes I think the best sign is thinking of like anything you feel you you cannot that is stuck in a loop and that you cannot change so Mm. anything that's showing up in your body quite regularly whether it be so and it's it's generally small things that you're like oh that just happens and it's it's it goes away then again so like skin conditions mm. um anything to relation to your gut your stomach um then also migraines headaches um small things like that but then just also noticing sensations themselves so like if every time you're you're presenting a meeting your body feels like it's restricting almost and it's going really tight um and that you almost have to push yourself through these situations then generally there's a level of dysregulation if anything is feeling like it's just it's not like fear itself it's fear that it feels either freezing and that you feel really restricted or fear that feels like almost like mild panic attacks consistently Mm. god yeah i forgot about panic attacks i remember them that's really interesting um and it's 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 I found it so interesting because I used to my definition of success used to be that I'd completely override these things I'd be like just chuck yourself out there and do it which is Mm. kind of like brave but also in some situations it was actually dangerous or it was my body actually was like no this isn't safe and I was kind of like yeah success like override your body completely well and it comes back to that thing of cortisol is addictive so chronic Mm -hmm. stress can continue on for as long as it wants to unless unless like me you end up in hospital (laughs) but I wouldn't recommend that um so it's just recognizing like has stress become normalized um in your body and then and then that's it like all you need to do then is just find ways to regulate it and you can balance out again and once you balance out you can you see possibilities that you can't see under under that guise of stress like stress doesn't allow you to Mm. see the other side stress just lets you see the situation that you're in so it actually impacts decision making oh yeah 100 percent. because because it is all it's all like um the neurotransmitters involved affect your dopamine which is why we make decisions that Mm -hmm. are beneficial um so once once stress is kind of living chronically within the body it's very hard to make choices um and it's also very hard to make any kind of sense of change in their life and sometimes you know I think that's where that important kind of thing about jumping off a cliff can come in sometimes jumping off the cliff is a reaction to the stress and actually the best thing you could have done is to slow down regulate a bit more and then figured out 
like how to best approach this and it's again not to say one is the best way one is the other like mm-hmm. do whatever works for you but yeah it's, it's just getting to know your body and getting to know your nervous system um because usually it's the best point of call for sending you signals because it's reacting to your environment and so when you can befriend it and like learn about it and understand the signals you work together versus just letting the automatic take over always I love that and I think finally on this because I think with this podcast like Women is Born Free we've had it in the last few years which has been amazing where we've had like lots of stats come out where it's you know really illuminated some of the um maybe disadvantages women can face we've had like stats around gender pay gap and you know much more awareness around the number of women who've been harassed or abused and things like that which is really positive that this stuff's been illuminated and um, but for me I think as well like we almost want to focus on where we want to be as well and have like a vision and you know not so much focus for me it's like you know yeah but what does good like the next step I think is and what does good look like like what mm. what does like a reg like what does a free body you know a regulated like nervous system look like how does it feel like you know what decisions you know if it's a good decision for you what does that feel like I mean what does a is it a free body the right word I don't know but a regulated body yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, what does that look I like I think so you know, I the way I kind of see it sometimes is if you think of dysregulated you're restricted and so if mm-hmm. you think of where we want to be is everyone having regulated nervous systems which is expansive and so the vision is having that expansive nervous system where you feel like you can do anything and that it's not everyone is just going through these cycles of the norm of the automatic of feeling pushed into these cycles too like if change wants to occur we need those regulated nervous systems because it also helps to see when the social world is broken and also gives the power back to the person to make those changes, to push that social world to where it needs to be. Um, but when we're conditioned and our nervous system is conditioned in such a way to shrink small, be, mm. be restricted, let stress take over, we're not going to make those changes. And so I think one of the greatest things I can see from the future and I do think psychology is heading this way Mm. is just allowing that safe space for expansion in the nervous system so that it can flow between two states constantly and that real change can actually occur wow well thank you so much for this Alicia it's been incredibly interesting I think like a lot of people definitely in the corporate world will relate to this so thank you so much Oh, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. You're very welcome. Um, is there, where can people find you if they want to learn more? And obviously I, can, I will tag you and everything like that. But is there anywhere specific people can find you if they want to find out more about this? Probably the, the best place is probably Instagram. That's probably Instagram, where I'm, okay. I'm most active. I'm not, Everyone's I'm not got their the best at being consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay. yeah. Um, Instagram is probably the best place yeah okay thanks for that and so women women is born free if you have enjoyed this podcast then please subscribe Uh, it comes out every fortnight and thank you for listening and thank you Susha thank you